Again, Super Dope Plus Ultra, uh, second part of a two-part of this week, because last week we couldn't talk about episode 70, um, so we did that, and now we're talking about episode 71, Sun Eater of the Big Three. So, I gotta be honest, when he does that co-spot half-and-half episode with the Red Riot a couple weeks ago, Kirishima, yep. first of all, great episode. But Absolutely. we talked a lot about the dichotomy of uh, the two of their attitudes. Kirishima, pretty positive dude overall. Uh, Sun Eater, a um, little bit down on his luck a little bit. Little and bit. we get to see that same sort of dynamic, but instead of some, you know, uh, intern that he's working with, it's uh, with one of his closest friends. And this episode I thought was kind of structured interestingly in terms of like how the episode is typically structured. Like we get right up the top, no intro song, nothing, flashback to third grade. Right. Uh, Tamaki. uh, Amajiki. Amajiki. Tamaki Amajiki. Tamaki Amajiki. If I say it three times, maybe I will stick in my brain and I won't fuck it up throughout the rest of the episode. But full disclosure. Podcast. It's probably gonna fuck it up, folks. <laughs> probably gonna fuck it up. Tamaki Amaji. Warning you now. So he is transferring into a new class in the third grade. Um, y'all motherfuckers ever make a, a transfer into a new school? Nope. Nope. Oh, really? Neither of you? Never. No. I mean, obviously, you guys are brothers, so it kind of makes sense that I guess if one of you hasn't, then the other wouldn't have. So, bummer. Um, I had. Um, can't even imagine. It was tough. And it was not the third grade. Yeah, it's starting all over. Yes. I transferred schools at the end of seventh grade from the Swansea School District to the Warren Bristol School District. And uh, it was at the almost end of the school year. It was the middle of April. I'm not going to get into the specifics of the story as to why I transferred, but let's just say it's a long story. But uh, I transferred at the end of a school year. All right, I'm already a fucking weirdo. Let's be real. <laughs> I just started playing guitar the year before. All right, that ended up being my saving grace. And uh, I didn't know anybody, really. Um, I knew Jimmy and Carlton, but honestly, knowing Jimmy and Carlton in middle school um, didn't do your uh, reputation any favors. And <laughs> and neither of them were in my grade either so it was not like I had classes with either of them uh, Jimmy's a year younger Carlton's a year older so those two are the only guys I know in school um, it's it's a it's intimidating um, and Tamaki is somebody who already very evidently even as now a teenager you know borderline pro hero almost ready to make that jump when he graduates probably um you know he deals with a lot of anxiety issues and yeah. a lot of lacking in self-confidence sure. yeah, issues. Yeah, definitely. Um, so him as a little kid seeing that in third grade. I mean, I, I also relate to Tomaki in that sense too. Like I got that part of me where I talk to you motherfuckers on a microphone every week and you probably think I'm not that bad, but I'm the worst and I hate <laughs> me. So I got a little bit of like that dichotomy between Miri and Tomaki or Kirishima or whoever you want to look at it as. Um, I can very much relate to his situation of him introducing himself to the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nobody, I could imagine. Nobody gives a shit. 
Uh, he's not very well spoken and doesn't really make an impression on anybody, seemingly. Um, however, Mirio steps up to him and he's like, "Hey, you were uh, mumbling some stuff about heroes. Uh, you say you were gonna like heroes. heroes? <laughs> you like heroes? Is that what you were trying to say? You mumbling piece of garbage." <laughs> I mean, wow. obviously he didn't say it like that, but he, he takes, uh, you know, what he tried to make his first impression be and, and helped him kind of like reshape it a little bit. And uh, that mutual interest of heroes helps them develop a fast friendship, despite the uh, very evident uh, differences in, in their personalities. Right. So as we are uh, running in to the Shia Sight Guy's headquarters to go try to rescue Eerie, you see Mirio leading the charge again. You listen to the last episode, episode 70. He says this time's going to be different. And he's kind of very much at the forefront of this uh, raid into the compound. Yep. And uh, Tamaki has this flashback. You see him from the back of the crowd seeing Mirio leading the charge. And uh, he's like, will I ever be able to shine as bright as that yep. mf -er up there? And then it cuts to, uh, I think... The theme song. I think yeah. maybe the greatest My Hero Academia theme song, guys. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm in uh, complete agreement with that. Yeah. yeah. Polaris, Blue and Count, or Blue and Count is the name of the band. Polaris is the name of the song. It's fantastic. I think it might be the best My Hero Academia theme song. Like, whatever theme song has to follow this theme song is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> there's just 100%. no. 100%. There's just no way. Yep. I know. That's going to be as good. Yep. No way. I feel bad for whoever follows this song. <laughs> um, so we've got um, the chaos going on outside. You know, we got Ryukyu, uh, the big dragoon hero, fighting the big dude. Cops and, you know, low-level thugs with the Shia guy outside just kind of doing a thing. And uh, a, a big faction of the heroes run inside, including Thakum, Rocklock, Deku, uh, Tamaki Amajiki, obviously, it would be weird if he wasn't in this episode, given yeah. that it's named after him. Um, Eraserhead, um, and obviously Mirio. Uh, we also have Kirishima, and then um, Bubble Girl and Centipede. They're in there too. Yep. Yeah. Centipede, definitely worst voice. Definitely worst yeah. voice. Worst voice. First voice. But like, he's got such a weird little thing. So, like, we got to see him in Bubble Girl, and you had the question too. Uh, uh, Centipede, so three. I guess level henchmen come in. Like they they go in, they get through the door. We get to see Night Eye. Like you, like I'll get to see another example of his quirk again, and and see how um, neckbeard blondie boy with the glitter gals doll. I don't even know his name. Who cares? We get to see the secret entrance into like the lower level, right? And he like goes in and moves this little piece of uh, uh, like a pot almost. Yeah, plays presses. Yeah, it's like fucking Simon says shit. Yeah, and he. Gets in, ninja hideout kind of stuff. And uh, they run up in there. And, like, when the door opens, three dudes charge out. And Centipede steps up, wraps two of them up. I don't know how centipedes work. That's the ones with lots of legs, right? A hundred legs. Oh, That's why they're centipedes. All right. Excuse me, Mr. Number Math. <laughs> what? Mr. Number Math is your Number new name. Math. <laughs> Number Math. He wraps up two of them and shouts out to Bubble Girl, get the third. And Bubble Girl steps up, blows a bubble. All right. Yeah. And then it hits dude in the face. And he's like, ah, my eyes. So does it like blind him? Does it hurt his eyes? Is What's what's the bubbles made of? What are they made of? Is it 
it's you you said maybe it's just straight I, up bubbles. Yeah. Maybe it's just I soap. Mean, I, I think it just can't be acid because why wouldn't his face deteriorate? So like if she blew a bubble at me and I caught it in a container and then I was like, blow a couple more so we can even out the water to bubble ratio and then I put in some water, would it make some soapy water? Is that what you're trying to say? Would I be able to wash my dishes with it? <laughs> That's a possibility. Or is it like some kind of acid-based thing that like actually blinds and hurts and maybe burns somebody's eyes, skin, something? Maybe if maybe. the bubble, maybe if the bubble makes contact with them, it like maybe it's like a tear gas. Eyes. Hmm. Either way, the fuck. Either way, what the fuck is it made out of? Who who knows? I know that centipede is the worst, and that bubble girls bubbles blinds a dude, which I think might be some kind of euphemism for her tits. <laughs> anyway, maybe. They're running through the hall. They come through. They come up to a wall in the hallway. Dead um, end. Straight up dead end. Mario uses his fusion. Uh, Mario uses his his phasing. Uh, I, I. It's permeation, right? That's permeation. The, so I'm always inclined to say phasing because that's what they call Kitty Pride's power in the X Men. But permeation. Mario uses his permeation to go and peek through the next wall, and we get the little tidbit that. Because Kirishima is like, yo, please don't go peek through that wall. You're going to be naked. I don't want to see your manhood again. <laughs> please. <laughs> and uh, we get the little tidbit that Mirio's hair, uh, Mirio's costume is made out of his hair. Yep. So A fiber and, of his hair. Yeah. So it's um, going to phase with him. So we, we solve for naked Mirio, thank Christ. Um, he goes. I don't think up. any criminal would want to fight that. I mean, if someone, if some naked jack dude was running at you, telling me you wouldn't give <laughs> I'd up, I'd run away. I'd probably run away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh shit, I'd be fucking frightened, man. I would be too. I don't want to fight a naked high school student. That sounds <laughs> illegal to me. I don't Especially care. if he's running at me, looking to kick my ass. I don't care <laughs> the circumstances. So he peeks through the wall, and we see that there's a path ahead. And that overhaul, they make the comment. Rocklock points it out. He's like, you know, I, I know that overhaul can like deconstruct quirks, but like apparently he can reconstruct them again. You know, like he does with the bullets. But yeah. at this point, he's doing it with actual concrete cement walls. Yeah. So I'm curious. Again, we talked about it a little bit with Rocklock uh, before. Uh, with overhaul, I want to see him use that kind of mentality and that kind of strategy within an actual fight. Yeah. We've seen him straight up, you know, eviscerate people, just disembowel them. I can't imagine that with this many heroes coming at them, especially with all the heroes with the mentality of like, we know that they're trying to stall us. You know, each of us one at a time is going to make the sacrifice so the greater, you know, the rest of the group can keep moving forward to try to move it on. So like, we know that multiple heroes are going to face him. He's probably going to have to get creative in how he chooses to fight them. And I feel like this whole idea of him being able to manipulate things to make a barrier or something that maybe we have, you know, to protect or shield as opposed to just yeah. straight up yeah. destroy or eviscerate. Some maybe we've discounted or maybe not thought a lot about. Doesn't matter though. You know why? Why? Because we got Kirishima and Deku to fucking double penetrate that wall. Yup. Yup. Straight up. Smash a red gauntlet. And a full cowling shoot style kick. It's beautiful. Um, they break through that wall and they keep going on. And that's when they bump into the next of the eight bullets of the Shiha Saikai. Mimic. Who, real quick. Quirk juice. Quirk juice. Quirk juices his power through the GD ceiling. So as we mentioned in passing, um, they get that 
briefing at 8 a.m. when they all get together. They hand out the sheets. These are the people we expect to encounter. Everybody kind of knows what's happening going in. So um, they make the comment. Mimic's power is he can basically uh, go into something and be able to manipulate it. And the understanding is that he shouldn't be able to manipulate anything bigger than, say, a refrigerator. A refrigerator. That's such a fucking New England thing that I just did. Uh, put it in the refrigerator and do it. Hey, dude, put it in the fridge, guy. <laughs> oh, fucking park your car in the fridge because it's small enough to fit in a fridge. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he shouldn't be able, and that's that's the comparison of size that they give them, um, shouldn't be able to manipulate anything more than a refrigerator. Better? Mosh. That's a Portuguese thing. Mosh batch. It's an English Portuguese thing. It's an ignorant English Portuguese thing. I could go on for days about ignorant stuff. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast for any stretch of time, you know that already. Anyway. Anyway. Mimic. He ain't fucking with no fridges. Nah, man. Took the quirk juice. So he's actually infused himself into the concrete of the building and is now just like Twisting and turning it and shit. Yeah, just like making it an untenable kind of journey for them, like trying to just very evidently slow them down. Because it's not like the walls are are kind of like shifted and moving and like jerking them around and kind of whatever, but like it didn't like strike me as any kind of direct attacks or anything. He's just trying to like make it difficult for them to keep making forward progress. Right, yeah. And Mirio is so on to what's up, and he's like, they're just trying to slow us down they had a little bit of a heads up, yeah, but like now it's all about stalling us. It's all about speed, and I need to run ahead. So the reason I stop and point that out, because it seems like it's just kind of a passing thing, Mario's running up ahead. He is so trying to make good on letting Erie go that first time. Oh, yeah. So the point where I'm kind of worried for him, like yeah. I'm worried he's going to get reckless about trying to make good on Definitely. him. Definitely. Yep. And Tamaki makes a comment to, I think, Kirishima and Deku, um, while you know Tamaki, a, a few minutes later on, he's like, make sure you watch out for him. He's going to um, basically just try too hard. He's, he's going to get a little reckless maybe. I do think it's interesting they make the comment about Mirio if he does catch up with overhaul, if he does, you know, as he runs ahead, it's it's mentioned like, what's, it what's gonna he going to do when it's just one on? If it does many. end up being one on one, and we just talked about like overhaul and the idea of trying to fight multiple heroes. Well, what if that is the case? And Mario fucking Kitty prides his ass through all the goddamn walls and finds yeah. finds himself fighting overhaul one on one. What happened? I mean, all you really see him do is toy with the class hey, class A. Real quick, I didn't think about this till just now. Permeation. Yeah. Um does Overhaul's quirk would it work on Mirio the same way it would on a typical person if Mirio's quirk is can, activated? I can th- I don't think it can permeate. What do you mean? Like if, uh, like, so if, if it's, like if Overhaul touched him while he was in the middle of using his power, like if he touched the wall that he was on. I don't know. Now that I said it out loud it doesn't sound that smart, but like I could see the idea of Mirio's quirk be in some kind of deterrent against overhaul because it phases through things like it's yeah, but not I don't think he it... phases through like human. <laughs> no, body. he doesn't. I know, but like I could. Well, the reason that I'm even on that track of thinking is because the way that they've treated Aizawa's quirk throughout this whole thing, yeah, yeah. and how it's been, and even one of the the people in this episode's um one of the eight bullets of the Shia Psychai 
makes the comment of like, oh, well, I heard your quirk works just like Erie's eraser head. Um, they've gone to certain lengths to like make comments about how erasers head quirk works and how it affects people on a cellular level. I'm wondering if somebody who's got the ability to make their cells essentially something that you just pass right through, if if that's something that maybe overhaul wouldn't be able to um, manipulate and deconstruct or whatever. Like maybe he'd be, maybe his quirk specifically would be sort of immune to what overhaul's quirk is all about. Maybe. I'm just spitballing, I don't know, just something that just yeah. crossed my head. I haven't talked to you guys about it prior to this, so. Atomic, he does make the comment like, hey, make sure you guys walk, look out for him because he's about to get reckless. If he does have to fight him, we haven't really seen Muriel make any any real like no. offensive. No, like he's well, dead, besides class seen... 1A, that's it? Yeah. And, and even he kind of there... just toyed with him. Yeah, he's just dicking around, putting his head through the sand like, hey, what's up? I see you. <laughs> I'm naked now. <laughs> yeah, that was... I'm naked now. Look at me. Look at me. Hanging dong. Thunder gun style. <laughs> Um, but then we get the that's that and that's really weird. Like that's when we get the break, and that's when Tamaki Mirio, uh, not Tamaki Mirio, that's not his fucking name, <laughs> Tamaki Yamajiki, uh, of the big three. We get the title card, and then it breaks. So like the stru again, the structure of this episode is just so strange. You know what I mean? So we get the title card. Uh, we know that there are three members of the eight bullets of the Shiasaikai that we now have to. Uh, try to get through to keep progressing and uh that's when we get the quick comment that i mentioned before i think it's crystallize is that his name i that's his that's uh, his that's crystallization his quirk, is his quirk yeah i, so, well, I don't know what I, I, don't, I, I, don't know I know what it's larceny food and you're gonna look up the other one for me but he makes the comment about when he sees um Eraser head, he's like, oh look, it's it's a racer head. He's like a mini eerie or like another version of eerie, like a, a a lesser version, basically. So did you get the name? Larceny? No, yeah. crystallized, doesn't matter. Um so Tomaki is really quick to uh step up and basically say, Hey, I got this bullshit. I'm really down on guns. Uh he understands how Larceny's quirk works and that uh and you have the police kind of throw it out there like Yo, Eraserhead, erase this dude's quirk so that we can use our firearms. Larceny's whole thing is if he can see something, he can take it from you. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously, uh, the police not being able to use their guns kind of a problem, but... Um, it looks like he had to be within a certain range, though. That I, and the size of the object as well. Size of the object plays into it, but I feel like it's maybe just like a one thing at a time thing. Uh, either way. The idea of them just needing to keep progressing forward so that way uh, the other heroes can reach overhaul. Mm -hmm. Tom Jiki is obviously like, I got this shit. Homeboy did his homework. Not only did he get the sheet, you know, 8 a.m. in the morning, but he got some homework in the night before. And he studied all of these eight dudes. And he's like, if I run into these guys, this is what I do. Now... He steps up to take care of it. Obviously, his self-confidence isn't exactly his strong suit, right? Right. So um, when Fat Gum is told by him, hey, get the fuck out my face. Um, I've got this. Fat Gum, who knows the kid, he's like interning for him. He's like, okay. oh, all right, cool. Um, this makes sense because if you think you can do it, who you never believe in yourself to do anything. If you believe in yourself, if you, believe you can in yourself, do it. I believe in you too. And he's like, all right, guys, he's got this. See you later. Everyone's like, what the fuck? 
You think this is a good idea? He's you still gonna leave one of your students. He's do. still a high school student. He's like a kid, man. He's like, nah. If he says he got it. He's got it, and they run out. And he binds them up in these big long octopus arms, and you think like for a while we're good to go. Other guys keep going forward, just going on, and uh, he's got them all fucking tangled up, and he looks at them at a certain point, and he goes, "All right, guys, well." I have to knock you out now. That's cool. And as he goes to do it, it's like his shell clam hand goes to. No, it's one of the. It looked like he wrapped up one of the tentacles, like he made a fist out of the tentacles. Hmm. So he goes to make a fist out of some fucking tentacles to go knock him out. And Larson, he says, "Not today." Who's that dude who says that, Feds? Not today. Not today. Oh, that's Dikembe Mutombo. <laughs> Dikembe Mutombo is his ass and says, not today. No, no, no. And he has like a knife pop out of his mask. And he's like, don't ever trust these crazy masks that we all wear. Because knives know hide in be hiding. Yeah, knives hide in these. And uh, chops off some tentacles. It's And, you know, catches him in a moment of, of weakness or whatever. And they all break out. And the fight starts. But not before we got some exposition about not only where these dudes came from, but like what their whole mentality is and why they have such a seemingly big or grand allegiance to overhaul. They talk about themselves as straight up trash. Right. They're from the trash. They're off the garbage heap. Written off. They're just nothing. They're scraps. Each of them has their own respective set of sad circumstances. Um, Larceny, uh, his girlfriend left him, love of his life, left him in a mountain of debt. He went crazy and evil and whatever. Um, Crystallize, which I- It's Crystallize. All right, cool. I got it right. Crystallize, he was making fake diamonds, um, didn't realize they were fake. The guy he was selling them to realized they were fake. He just said, fuck you, tried to kill him. Um, pretty sad story. And then there's uh, the donkey-brained uh, kid named Food who just tries to eat everything with his crazy razor-sharp teeth and impenetrable draw or whatever. Um, but he digests food the second he eats it, though. Very so his, So his stomach is never full. So he's very uh, very much in line with uh, Tomaki's quirk and how he just keeps making seafood. All right, and we get that joke a couple times. But, uh, yeah, he's donkey brains plus crystals plus uh, evil uh, thief guy who can steal <laughs> things from you with his eyesight. Um, they all break free, and they come at Tamaki Amajiki. I'm doing really good at remembering the you name. You are. I'm doing great. Very Press. good. And uh, basically at this point, things don't look good. They get him up against the wall. Crystallized continues to give him this whole spiel about how, you know, we're trash. We're trash. And the bonds between us are, you know, the fact that we've all been discarded and cast aside. But now that we've been given some purpose by being in this gang, that bond is what gives us strength. And they go build off that bond further in the narrative to actually show how their teamwork works together and how the three of them eventually get Tomaki against the wall. And. Tomaki has this, you know, big long thing about how, you know, I don't understand uh, the kind of adversity or anger or sadness or whatever it is you've had to endure. 
I don't get that. Never had to go through it myself, even though he's like emo kid. So like mm-hmm. you could make the argument that maybe he has had to endure yeah. some bullshit. But in terms of what he's had to endure versus what these dudes have had to endure, two completely different walks of life. Um, with the idea that um, he can't relate to them outside of the connections that they have with one another and the bonds and how he can appreciate that they use that bond to work together to accomplish something and how it reminds him of him and Mirio. And we get one of these other flashbacks of early in their time at UA together, Mirio and Tamaki. And Tamaki's having another one of these anxious moments out in front of the class. The setting kind of looks like one of those early episodes of My Hero where they're um, they're doing the baseball test and they're just trying yeah, to yeah. use their quirks through the baseball. Mm-hmm. Looks like the same exact setup, different homeroom teacher, different group of kids. Tamaki is having you know an, an anxiety moment or whatever. And a few yards away, Mirio is just trying to practice his permeation by running through a board. And, like, he smashes his face. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody fucking laughs their balls off at him. And uh, he's like, whatever. I'm going to get it. I'll get it. You should it. try this. It's, like, five times harder than He's anything. like, yeah, <laughs> it looks easy, but, like, it's the opposite of easy. And, uh, you know, I, it's... Fuck I'll you get guys. It. I'll get not only fuck you guys, but I'll get it eventually. And that kind of, you know, encapsulates a lot of what is uh encapsulates a lot of what his attitude is about. And we get to see Tamaki have that kind of uh reflection on that moment. And then they also get to say, um, you know, they have that that walk down whatever hallway and he's like, Mirio, you're so bright and blah blah blah. And Mirio gives him the pep talk. He's like, Yo, you got a really cool quirk. It's a lot cooler than you give yourself credit for. I'm not even that cool. I'm more about my attitude than it is my quirk. So you can put that shit to fucking bed. Um, you're a lot cooler than than I am in a lot of ways. And kind of like flips Tamaki's whole perception of himself on his head. And that's where the Sun Eater name comes from is, you know, in a lot of ways, you're more powerful than I am. If I'm as bright as the sun like you say I am, then you're something even more powerful. You're a Sun Eater. And... Again, the dichotomy of those two relationships and the bond there is so much of what drives it. So that being the relating uh, factor to him and this group of fucking thugs that he's fighting by himself, he's like, all right, if that's how you were able to beat me was this teamwork piece of it, that's exactly what I'm going to attack. Turns his fucking leg into a chicken leg. And he claws out a dude's eye, and he says, "You, you can't steal it out. You can't." In my <laughs> in my heart, he clawed it out. He's like, "You can't steal what you can't see. Claw out your eyes. Now you're never stealing anything again. <laughs> First, your girl left you, and then I left you, eyeless." I don't think he was eyeless, man. He just flicked one of the crystals into his eye. Fine, you're probably right. No, I am right. And then Crystallized was like, it's cool, I'm going to smash you into a brick wall. Sounded dirtier than I meant it. And he's like, oh, is you now? Loki eats shards of the crystals from Crystallized. I didn't under, not understand. I didn't even consider the idea of him being able to consume inanimate objects and being yeah. able to manifest those. I thought it was like a living object kind of thing. Um, Yeah. He, all of a sudden, like, if Kirishima has, like, a shard of his thing break off and homeboy fucking get, eats it up, I like I like what they've 
given the possibility for his powers to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he manifests these crystals. Food comes. The little uh, donkey-brained upstate patient comes to try to bail his two buddies out. And then Kirish, not Kirishima, Tamaki puts crystallize in the middle of him because of the bond again he can't eat his friend because that's not cool it's not it's not cool man not cool. Not friends not food don't eat your friends so he doesn't and uh tamaki smashes them all the end <laughs> oh <laughs> basically the end but not before like a really weird kind of line and i wrote it down over here well, we also didn't mention how uh, Amajiki did put his uh, quirk to the fullest potential and, like, became that big-ass octopus Yeah, thing. it was uh, something hybrid. Vast hybrid. Vast. Thank you. <sighs> yeah, your girl, your girl got me shook. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's wrap this thing up for this kid. <laughs> Doing the Cliff Notes version. All right, Patreon, now that you've heard that, has your girl got you shook too? No, man. I don't care. My girl doesn't care. I don't care, so it doesn't matter if my girl cares. <laughs> That's the way to look at it. How did you get a text message? Was that you who just got a text message? Yeah, it was me. Did I get it? Nobody texted me. <clears throat> I went like three days last week without getting a text message. You ever gone three days without getting a text message? No. No. We have girlfriends, dude. I don't even know <laughs> if I have three fucking minutes. Exactly. That's awful. I mean, on the well, opposite end of the spectrum, not getting a text for three days makes you really question if you even got any friends. No offense. But, yeah, if I got a text every three minutes, I probably would have killed myself years ago. I mean, granted, I do have a child, so. Different. You have a dog now, I heard. Yeah, adopted a dog, man. It's called the Black Dahlia Murder. <laughs> no, it's just called Dahlia. Be more metal if it was the way I said it. No shit. <laughs> anyway, that's a preview of the kind of thing you can expect on the Patreon Uncut episodes. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/shameless. <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> I'm all about those shameless plugs. Uh, yes. Now that I'm unshook, uh, you're right. We totally missed um, Amajiki's vast hybrid is that what it was called yeah. and yes. then the chimera the chimera kraken yep where he just that's like the sound <laughs> of of it hitting the wall and coming back off <laughs> i guess i don't know what i have no idea There's something musical about the way that i do it sounds like a washing machine there's something kick at kind of does good call <laughs> it's it's uh, a lot more kick-ass the way he does it and he just snaps everybody up and food comes in trying to eat up all his tentacles which he's just which he succeeded does gets up right close to yeah. him i like that i like that tamajiki also has that moment where he's like if i get my squid stuff together i can hit him with this oil and it'll paralyze him yeah. doesn't have time to do it but i think it gives some insight into like the kind of strategy that he projects into using his quirk yep and he talks a little bit about it he's like fuck you guys over the last two years at high school i worked so hard to use this i mean in passing when you think about his quirk you could do anything you could definitely not be a hero with it 
I could no. very realistically, I could see more instances where they would somebody with that quirk not be a hero, oh, 100%. as opposed to him using it to be a hero. Right. But not only is he used it to become a hero, but he's used it to become one of the best heroes. Um, at least I should say, at least among the students at UA, he's one of the big three. You know, yep. not pro hero yet, but he's well, he's arguably stronger than a lot of pro heroes. Oh, absolutely. He's I got agree. so much um, control over his quirk; it's remarkable. Um, and I th- and they kind of talk about it. I think it was Mirio or Fakum. I'm not 100, percent but the way that they talk, the way that he views himself and treats himself, and talks about himself, he's always just so down on himself. You know. Yeah. And if he can still continue to exceed expectations in the fashion that he does to be one of the top three in his class. With no confidence whatsoever. With zero self-confidence. Imagine if he had confidence like Mario. Well, not only imagine if he had the confidence, but I just think that in and of itself is remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like yourself. And you're still as successful as you are. Like one of the top students in in the whole country in the whole school rather yeah it's it's just i i think it's worth pointing out that um so i saw a thing the other day that the inspiration for tamajiki uh came in 2017 all right uh it's december everybody uh if you remember if you've been listening to the podcast for a while last december we did the jump festa coverage because i thought that a dragon ball announcement was gonna happen and it didn't jump festa this year is uh, December 21st and 22nd. I'm very hopeful we get a Dragon Ball announcement. Anyway, I bring up Jump Festa because Jump Festa 2017, Horikoshi goes to it to make some general My Hero Academia announcements or whatever. And I don't know if you know this about him, but he wears like a mask in public. He doesn't feel comfortable showing his face in public. Uh, Very much like uh, Toriyama has a similar kind of thing that he does with his animated thing. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, Horikoshi doesn't typically show his face in public. He wore his mask thing, but he still had like some crazy fucking anxiety uh, walking around and just being like so depressed and overwhelmed by the moment that he couldn't be happy, even though he knew he was at the pinnacle of his success. That set of circumstances is what inspired Tamaki Yamajiki, Amajiki. Um, that mentality, that anxiety, that mindset of knowing that, like, you're pretty good, but maybe, you know, the self-doubt has you questioning if you really deserve to be there. Right. Yeah. Um, and Amajiki uh, today obviously shows that he should be there. And last thing I want to touch on before we wrap here is obviously food doesn't go after crystallize, Right. He doesn't, right. he doesn't try to eat him because it's his friend. That's the whole thing. The trash bonds together to be something yep. more than trash. Yeah. They're willing to give themselves up for overhaul because who gives a shit about what happens after this? All of that stuff. Um, In his victory speech, whatever, before they cut to the the uh, end song, he's like, you, you don't eat your friends or you can't eat your friends. You don't eat your friends. Yeah. Don't eat your friends. So... It sounds like kind of a weird line. I thought it was a bad translation. I went and checked the sub. Basically the same line. Um, It's got to be some kind of foreshadowing, right? For his name, Sun Eater. You don't eat your friend who is the son, Mirio in this case. Is there going to be some kind of opportunity for him to be able to betray 
Muriel maybe in the future. And obviously he wouldn't take it because now we understand the seriousness and strength of their bonds. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's foreshadowing yeah. for that. Just Could thought be. it was worth pointing out. But that's basically uh, episode 71. We maybe have glossed over uh, a couple of points. I don't give a shit because you know what? If I don't eat any food soon, I'm going to die. <laughs> but before we wrap, let's talk about uh, we get another Red Riot episode next week. Kirishima. Kira Kirishima. He's the best boy. Kirishima fat gum fucking up two of the eight bullets of the Husai Kai. Ba 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 ba. Like that? Yeah, it was pretty good, man. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was a good jingle. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Kirishima. <laughs> fucking up the dudes of the Husai Good one, man. She has like guy stuff. Stuffy. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for listening. Jason, great job on your first two episodes of Super Dope Plus Ultra. Thank you for having me. Cheers to you, baby. Cheers. Wham, bam. Thank you, man. Feds, big feds and low feds. I didn't make one Pete and Pete joke know, on your was, ass. That was good. Little feds. Good. Yeah. No, it's Jay and feds. But they brought this. Why are all my friends siblings? I don't know. Are you... You're friends with a lot of people that have siblings. I don't have any siblings. Yes, you do. I don't have any siblings my own age. True. True. Then again, who does? Twins. Well, twins. Twins. Yeah. And uh, perhaps triplets. Well, yes. Any multiple. <laughs> any one of the multiple babies. Yep. <laughs> and uh, quadruplets. Uh, perhaps quintuplets. Maybe some sex tuplets. Oh shit! What's seven though? Sept. What's eight? Eight oct. oct. What's nine? Non tuplet. Non. N O N. I don't know. I'm asking you, Holmes. Non-gon. What's ten? Ten tuplets. Deck. Deck. <laughs> It'd be de- deck. Deck. No, deck is twenty. No, no. Do deck is twenty. Yeah. Deck is ten. Yeah. You know how Deca- I know that? Do decahedron. That's a twenty-sided dice. And you know, a decade is ten years. And I know that <laughs> 10 years ago, I was two years out of high school. 10 years Feeling ago, fun. I was just getting out of high school. Now I'm, now I'm 30, balding and talking about anime on a podcast. Woo! If you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, maybe even YouTube. I think we're still there. I'm not sure what's up with the Copa Laws. If you have questions about Copa Laws, go check out patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. I'll explain them in more detail but really not that much more detail in a previous episode from a few weeks back uh if you like my hero academia and you like podcasts and you have friends who like my hero academia and they maybe like podcasts maybe they haven't like turned themselves onto the medium yet but they're open to it maybe you're gonna be the conversion dude you're gonna get them on podcasts maybe you're that guy maybe you're that person maybe tell them about our podcast that's how we grow baby do it man the best recommendations come from the people who already listen to us. Yep. Tell your friends. If you don't have any friends to tell, go fucking make some friends to tell. <laughs> <laughs> you weirdo. I mean, that's what Fed said, not me, guys. I believe in you. I believe in everybody. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you believe in child murderers? No. Fuck those people. I've already poked holes in your theory, Feds. Poke. That's an extreme, Kyle. Watching a lot of old Simpsons. Yeah. Whenever Sideshow Bob tries to kill Bart Simpson, makes me happy. I forgive Sideshow wow. Bob. Wow. <laughs> yep.
does he deep sing? stuff, folks. He's got, a, he's got a great opera voice. Yeah. But he also tried to kill a child. Yeah. Yeah, but... <laughs> Gonna raise my hand with the peace sign. Sideshow a pop forever. <laughs> That almost landed in your drink. <laughs> that was like great. <laughs>